We all want that love, affection, and closeness in our marriages. We remember the way that things were when we were dating or first married, and we want them to always be that way. As we talked about in part one, when this begins to change or when our marriages are not quite what we expected them to be, we try to bring about change. However, we find that our efforts are not having the effect that we hoped that they would on our relationship, and we don't understand why. In this episode, we're continuing our look at the four things we do as wives to improve our marriages that tend to push our husbands away from us and what we should be doing instead. As we did last week, I'm going to ask you to take some notes. So grab a pen and paper and let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies. Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. So far, we've looked at two of the four ways that we tend to push our husbands away without realizing it. The first one was nagging. And we talked about that this isn't just repetitive comments, but it's also always finding fault with our husbands. Being that contentious woman that honestly, no man wants to be around. We said that what we should do instead is to choose our battles to choose them wisely, letting the small stuff go, as well as choosing our words and our demeanor wisely, and using a gentle tongue. The second thing that we looked at was being disrespectful to our husbands and what that looks like in a marriage, that we are being disrespectful when we are putting them down in some way, not getting done what they've asked us to get done, or being argumentative and not submissive. I shared with you how we will give an account to God for every word that comes out of our mouth and that what comes out of our mouth flows from what is in our heart. To combat this so that we are not pushing our husbands away, we need to pray for God to change our hearts and to change our hearts for our husbands and be sure that we are praying for our husbands as well. If you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, then I highly recommend that you just stop right here, hit that pause button, and go and listen to it. You're really going to want that information before you move on to this section. So like I said, it's totally fine. Hit the pause button. I'm good with it. And go listen to that episode and then come back to us. 
If you did listen, you know that I had you write down those things that you were guilty of, those things that you wanted to change and do differently for this week. So how did that go for you? I'm praying that it went well, that you were able to make some notable changes if that was necessary, or even some small steps in the right direction. On the Faith Lived Out Community Facebook page, we're discussing how this has been going for everyone, and I would love to know how this has gone for you as well. If it went well, if it if you tried but had some difficulties, if you have some questions, if there are things that we can pray for you with, then put them in there and let us help you. Let me help you in this. So when you're done listening today, pop over to the Facebook page and leave a comment and just let me know how this has gone for you this week. And then as I said, if there's anything that we can pray for you for in this. So on to numbers three and four of what we do as wives that really tend to push our husbands away rather than bring us that love and closeness that we desire. And remember, ladies, please do not automatically dismiss these things and say, oh, I never do that. We're all guilty of these things to some degree. It is just a part of our sinful nature. And God has brought you here today. He has brought you here to listen to this, to be trained up and to learn. That's what his scripture does for us. And by doing it, by being trained up and by learning, you will begin to have the marriage that God has designed for you and what it is that he wants for you in your life. So just, you know, don't put up those roadblocks and and those walls, but let that fall down and just listen to what it is that God has for you today. So number three in our four things is complaining. And ladies, it doesn't matter what we're complaining about, whether we think it's a legitimate complaint or not, whether it's the same thing all the time or something different all the time, complaining is complaining and it pushes your husband away from you. When we go to them and complain about not spending enough time together, that he never does any romantic gestures or never buys you gifts, whatever the case may be. And it's not that we can't ever talk about these things to our husbands, but we can do it in a way that's not complaining, not, you know, telling them, how come you never, or you need to fix this, but we need to have a conversation with them and saying, I miss you, or let's spend some time together. Or if he holds your hand in public saying, I like when you, I like it when you do this. There are ways to be able to talk to him about this and to make these changes without complaining. Another way that we complain is comparing our husbands to others. Why can't you be like so-and-so? And we tend to complain more when we compare our relationship, our husbands, or our family life with someone else's. When we look at social media, TV shows, or movies, or we read about something in some romance novel and wonder, well, why can't my life be like that? Why can't my husband and my marriage be like theirs? Comparing our husbands and our lives with someone else's only leads to discontentment. It is a tactic that the enemy uses to cause enmity between you and your husband. It is a slippery slope that affairs often get started with. The comparison is generally never at a level playing field because we generally take those worst things about our husbands, about our lives, or about our marriages, and we compare them to the best things that we see in the movie or on social media. Because if you think about it, you know, they're not displaying some terrible marriage in these areas. They're displaying all the good stuff, all the wonderful stuff, and you're not seeing what's really happening behind closed doors. 
complaining to your husband makes him feel that he's not enough for you, that he can never make you happy no matter what he does, and he's never going to be able to make you happy or to be content. So before long, he gives up trying and he pulls away from you. He makes himself distant or scarce because he doesn't want to constantly be reminded of your unhappiness and how he is never going to live up to your expectations. If you're feeling convicted right now, I'm sure that you never intended to become the complaining wife. Nobody wakes up and goes, ooh, let me be a complaining wife today. It's something that we fall into, that we grow into, and that happens over time, but we still need to recognize it and to make changes. You're just trying to have a happy marriage, and I get that, but there are other ways that we can improve our marriages without complaining. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just take a minute and take that pen and paper that you have and write down what are the things that you have been complaining about to your husband? What are those things that you need to change and to stop complaining about and to either let it go or to find a different way to be able to talk to him about it? So write those things down. All right then. So what can we do to improve our relationship with our husbands without complaining? First, be thankful and praise him for what it is that he's doing right. This makes him want to do more for you. When you praise him for, hey, thank you for doing this. You know, like I said, it's so nice that you were holding my hand. I love it when we do this. Or thank you for taking out the trash or thank you for whatever, you know, filling my car up with gas, whatever the case may be. But find those things that you can thank him for and do that because that will only make him want to do more for you and to find more things. In Proverbs 16, 24, it says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Most of us would agree that we do not praise or show love towards others as much as we should, or even that we would like to. We're busy and we're distracted, but we need to make a point to do this. Our words do make a difference and they will either build up or they will tear down. Let your words to your husband be sweetness to his soul and health to his bones. This will make him want to do more for you, want to be around you more and to love you more. Take a lesson from the Proverbs 31 woman in from verse 26. It says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Be a helpmate to your husband, offering him your wisdom and your encouragement, always with a kind word to say. Even when we come to them with something that does need to change in their relationship, we should start the conversation with something that they are doing right before moving to something that we want to correct or that we think is wrong. Another way to do this is to point out an example of the problem in the moment, but always with gentleness and kindness. Oftentimes we don't recognize the problem with our own behavior until we see it played out. So always try to give an example when you're talking to him about this. A good example of this is myself and my iPad. Because I have my iPad in my hands like almost 24-7. It is my life. If I lost it, I would be lost. Like it's crazy. But I have it with me all the time. I'm always doing something. I'm either writing something. I'm making a list. I'm checking off a list. I might be playing a game or doing a puzzle, whatever the case may be. But I'm always in there. 
And my husband started to get frustrated with me because he would speak to me and I wouldn't put it down. I would continue what I was doing, either checking off the list, maybe working on a puzzle, whatever it was, but I would continue with it and not put it down until one day he was talking to me and then I, I honestly, ladies, I'll admit it, I did not hear what was coming out of his mouth. I was paying attention to my iPad and I was not listening to him until I heard him say, but you can't hear anything that I'm saying because your face is in your iPad. Guilty as charged. And when he brought it out in that way, not that it was the sweetest way to do it, but you know, it didn't sound quite as bad as I probably made it sound, but I got it. I was like, oh my goodness, he's so right. That is what I do. And he's told me it before and I didn't get it. But when he showed me that example in the moment, I got it. And so now when he begins to speak to me, the iPad goes down and he has my full attention. So ladies, again with your notes, what are you going to do differently? So look at those areas that you were complaining. Look at maybe some things that your husband has said to you that he would like you to change, like what my husband had said to me. And what is it that you're going to change? What is it that you're going to do differently and speaking to him in a different manner and not complaining? Write it down. All right. So the last way that we push our husbands away is by chasing him. I know that sounds odd, but I will tell you straight up. One, I have no biblical basis for this. However, I was taught it a long time ago, early in my marriage. I have done it and it works. So I'm going to share it with you. And don't tell my husband, don't tell your husband because that will ruin it for all of you. But um, it does work. It is quite successful. So ladies, men do not like to be chased. They want to chase you. And if we're honest, to some degree, we like that. We like that our husbands are chasing us and that they're, you know, wanting after us. And we have to be careful because when we start chasing them, when we start calling and texting and checking up on them throughout the day, when we're asking him, you know, how come I see you on Facebook, I see you on social media, but I can't talk to you or, you know, why can't we do this together? Why can't I go with you? Why can't, why can't, why can't? Like all these things that we're always after our husbands and looking in his phones and this sort of thing. These things push our husbands away. When we are constantly chasing after them to spend time with them or to know what they're doing or to be checking up on them. There was a time in my marriage where my husband was in outside sales. And so he was gone traveling all day around the city and you never knew when he was going to come home. It could be earlier in the afternoon. It could be later in the day. It depended on traffic. It depended on who he needed to see. And so I would ask him, what time are you going to be home? And he's like, why? Why do you need to know that? I'm like, I'm just trying to plan dinner. You know, it's not like I'm concerned about where you are or about what you're doing or who you're seeing, but I have a house to run. I have kids that need to be fed. I have you that need to be fed. I have kids that need to go to, you know, Boy Scouts or dance or voice lessons or whatever the case may be. I'm just trying to plan dinner, darling. And once he finally realized that, it's like, oh, you know, but his first thought was, why? Why are you checking up on me? Why do you need to know? And it's like, I'm not chasing you. 
I'm just trying to plan dinner. And so we need to be careful with what it is that we do with this and how we're asking them about these things all the time. Always asking where you are, what are you doing, and why can't I come with you shows a lack of trust. And no man wants to feel that his wife doesn't trust him, especially if he hasn't done anything to earn your mistrust. Give him the benefit of the doubt in the same way that you would want to have the benefit of the doubt from him. Oftentimes, our doubts and our fears in this area, they only come from ourselves. They come from our preconceived notions as to what we think men will do or what they're like. They can also come from the enemy who loves to put fear and doubt into our minds, causing you to think, oh, what is he doing there? Or well, who is that person texting him? Or where'd that phone call come from? And, and the enemy loves that. He loves to make us fear and to make us doubt and to cause this division between us and our husbands. Don't allow him to do it. And don't put things on your husband that come from the enemy that are not of anything that he's done anything wrong. But trust him. Give him the benefit of the doubt, like I said. And know this. Our God, who is all-knowing, if there is something that is going on that you need to know about, God will reveal it to you in his own timing, in the perfect timing, in whatever needs to happen. But if there is something that is happening with your husband, God will reveal this to you. So have you been chasing after your husband? Have you been doing the texting all the time and checking his social media to see what he's doing and to check his phone and to see, you know, who is texting him or who he's talking to or constantly going to him saying, I want to go out with you. I want to spend time with you. I need you. All these things. Then write these things down. Take that pen and paper and write these things down that you have been doing. And then we're going to talk about how to change them, and what to do instead. So take a moment, write them down. All right, then. If you have been playing this chasing game with your husband, here is what you're going to want to do instead. And that is, as I said, let him chase you. Because chasing him is counterproductive. Stop texting him. Stop giving him a blow-by-blow of your day and asking him to tell you every moment about his day and what he's been doing. Stop checking to see what he's doing if he's posting on Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms. Stop browsing through his phone and becoming suspicious and questioning him about things. If he seems distant from you, if it seems that he has already been pulling away from you, that he's already backed off, then you back off yourself. I know this sounds strange, but the closer you move to him, the more he's going to back away from you. But if you back away from him, become a little bit more mysterious, become a little bit more distant, then he is going to move towards you which is exactly what you're looking for. And and I know it can be difficult. And pray, pray for God to calm your heart and to take away any fears that you might have. But find a hobby, maybe in ministry or some other thing to fulfill your time and to fill your thoughts. 
It's always good for a wife to have something that is outside of her family, that is outside of the home, maybe even, that she has to do that you can focus on and that you can spend time doing and that gives you joy. That is something different than within the four walls of your home. But begin to take that time that you're spending on chasing your husband and back away and find something for you to do for yourself and be a bit mysterious. You know, don't, don't let him know exactly what happened all day while he was gone and be asking him about his day all the time and that sort of thing. But back away a little bit. You will find that as you draw yourself back away from him, become a little bit more independent, a little bit more confident, then he is going to draw himself to you and say, hey, what is she doing? What's happening all day? What's going on? And just trust me in doing this. And it's not going to take long. And you're going to see him that he is going to begin to move towards you. He wants the love and affection from you just as much as you want it from him, but he just doesn't want to be smothered by you. He wants to chase you. He wants to have that, you know, that I conquered her and that I chased her and that she loves me and wants to be with me. And so, like I said, just back yourself away a little bit. There is a reason why wives have the nickname that old ball and chain. Because that's what we can be like. We can grab a hold of our husbands and we can be that old ball and chain that is always wrapped around his neck. What are you doing? What's going on? And we don't want to be that way. So let go. Okay? Let go and let him come towards you. So now in this, our last thing that we're going to write down is what are you going to do differently? How are you going to let go? What are you going to stop doing and stop asking him? What are you going to do maybe as your own ministry, as your own thing that you want to do is the something that's going to take some of your time that is your own personal interest so that you're not always focused on what he's doing and what's going on in his life, but that you have your own interest and what's going on in your own life. How are you going to back away? Write it down. So ladies, hopefully you added to your notes today and some of those things that you want to stop doing and replacing it with some of those things that you want to start doing that's going to help you to maintain that closeness with your husband and to not be pushing him away. Same as last week, I had you take these notes because changing old habits is hard to do. And as you've probably seen, the enemy has been fighting you every step of the way, and that's just what he does. But take heart because this just means that God is working in your life and that you are on the right track. So don't give up. Remember that we also can't change these habits in our own strength. So be in prayer. Take each one of these to the Lord and ask for his help. Ask for the Holy Spirit to help you to remind you of what God's word says, to remind you of the things that you want to change, those things that you want to put off and those things that you want to put on. That's what the Holy Spirit is for, is to help us in these areas and to make us more like Christ. If need be, make yourself a cheat sheet so that you have it written down of the responses that you want to have and to make those responses different and those thoughts different than you have had in the past. You can also stop and say a quick prayer in the moment 
or even stop and say, you know what, I'm going to answer you in a few minutes, or I'm going to, you know, wait to respond on this. But, you know, stop and, and say a quick prayer. When you're in the heat of the moment, in the heat of a conflict, or you're, you know, going to make that text message to him or, or, you know, going to make that complaint to him or whatever the case may be, but stop in the, just in the heat of that, or even stop, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will convict us in the moment when we're about to open our mouth and we're about to say something and he'll say, Hey, that's not where you want to go. Listen to that. Heed that warning from him. Even if you have to stop mid-sentence, it's better than following through with what it was that you were going to say if it's not going to be edifying and if it's going to be causing a problem in your marriage. Remember to go to the Faith Lived Out community Facebook page, put on there what it is that you're working on, what we can pray for you for, how we can help you in any way, any questions that you might have. Please know that I am praying for each one of you in this and just praying for God to really help you into maintaining that closeness in your marriage. And if you have pushed your husband away a bit in helping you to restore that closeness. And ladies, have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.